Now, what do we actually do on this podcast? I don't remember. Um, you tell us about these books that you loved when you were younger, and I shit all over them. Oh, okay. Wait, and I shit or... all over them. <laughs> and <laughs> I get emotionally attached to animals and cry about it. Excellent. Don't don't use that in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be the opening Welcome to Anamorphous Discussion, a podcast that may not always come out on time. <laughs> I'm your host, Robin. <laughs> and joining me today is my regular co-host, Jessica. That's her. Hi. <laughs> and once again, special guest co-host, Amber. Hello. Hi, Amber. Welcome back. Thank you. Were you excited to get on another episode of this podcast? It's a hot commodity. I, I'm very excited about this, but if there's another Lady Hawk dying incident, I promise you that I will. I am done. I will close you will it and I will leave right away. That sounds okay. fair. So. I'm, I'm 87% sure, Oof. having read this book in its entirety, that it, there is not another Lady Hawk dying. That's, that's fair odds. Okay. How, so you've read the book, but you're only 80% there is sure? some possible uh, animal threat, so if you're not cool with that, I, I was going to say turn off your podcast listening device now, but I still want you to listen. I'm very <laughs> selfish about that. <laughs> so you still have to listen. Yeah, you still have to listen, but you don't have to like it, but you do have to like it on iTunes for us. Ah. Oh yeah, that would be great. But you have to like it like with your heart. Enjoy it. <laughs> Heart and soul. Jessica, Heart and soul, really. Yeah. Jessica, are you here? Are you with us? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm good now. I was just laughing for a long time about that podcast. It doesn't glad. always come out on time. And then silence. <laughs> God. <laughs> Got me again. I'm glad. I always feel head. like I've succeeded if I can make Jessica laugh. <laughs> or almost rage cry. Yeah. Yeah. Really, if I make Jessica rage anything, mm. then I'm like, yes, I've won. Nailed it. <laughs> Done it. Yeah. Seems fair. Okay. So uh, today we're going to talk about book six. But before we get to that, we need to recap book five. So Jessica, why don't you go ahead and explain to Amber what happened in book five? I'm okay, so I'm excited. ready for this. I'm so ready for this one. Now, okay. we did record this like... Over a month ago, so... Okay, I'm so ready for it. Hold, You're going to be so impressed with me. Just wait. Okay. Am I? Yeah, you are. Okay, so first, um, Marco, right, Marco? Correct. Who I'm is... very impressed so far. <laughs> Who is an Animorph. He, yeah, he's an Animorph. He witnesses someone getting mugged by some people and does the very reasonable thing of not calling the cops or calling for help in any way and instead right. morphs into a gorilla and what? then gets shot at. A gorilla? Yes. A gorilla, yeah. Just oh. like in the middle of the town. Right. Of all the creatures, yeah. a gorilla. Okay. Yeah, yeah it turns to a gorilla and it's fine. Yep. So then, that's just like the opening or whatever. So then the uh, the Andalite decides that he wants to go home because why not? And he's wait, like, wait, wait, wait. what's his name? Oh, sorry. 
I'm gonna need you to say the Andalite's name. His I, name is a lot Axe. Of Andalites in this series. Shut up. His yeah. name is Axe, and I refuse to call him anything else. So Axe decides that he wants to go home, and they're like, "Yeah, we can help you get home." The way, the best way to do this is to like steal a controller ship by doing like making some sort of distress beacon. And so they go to Radio Shack, of course, to buy the pieces that he um, needs because every piece that they need to make. This distress beacon is at Radio Shack, except for the one thing that they need, which is some sort of, like, mm, space transponder, I'm going to call it. That's not what it's called, but that's basically what it is. That's actually so close to what it's called. <laughs> you said that this was the best way to get him all? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Just I mean, trust. that was the best way that Axe came up with. I want to so- <laughs> make it clear, the other Animorphs did not know that making a distress beacon from Radio Shack parts was possible. <laughs> Ah. Everyone knows that. That's that's Bush League. That's rookie. That's, yeah. that's rookie league. Everyone knows how to make a distress beacon from Radio Shark yeah. parts. Yeah. So that's the one true. piece that's that they need... That is the first thing they teach you. <laughs> the one thing they need that isn't at Radio Shack is something that's at the vice principal's office? Is it the vice Her, principal? His, his house, house rather. Yes. Um, and so they have to break in to get it, and they morph into either fleas or ants. I don't remember or care, so don't even bother <laughs> telling me. It was ants. <laughs> <laughs> And something happens where they're, like, in a grocery store for some reason. I think it's because they're escaping from the mall because Axe, like, freaked out and started morphing back into his Andalite form. And they have to, like, hide in a restaurant and then they morph into lobsters. And it turns out lobsters are predators. And even though there's a picture of a gorilla on the front of the book and the book is called The Predator, I think that the predator they were referring to was lobsters. Right? Is that what we decided on? That, like, the predator of the title is a lobster? So anyway, they, like, put the receiver, whatever distress beacon thing together and, like, go out to try to, like, ambush a controller ship, but they're ambush-ceptioned. They get, they get ambush-backed. <gasps> Am- ambacked. Ambush-acked. Yep. Because, yeah, I, it's, I'm not on my game today. Uh, I, I think you're doing it perfectly. <laughs> I mean, for puns. Said so far I mean, wordplay. Word, which is very good. I'm not on my wordplay <laughs> game today. Um... <laughs> And because, like, the controllers were already onto this because Andalites had done this before to try to ambush controllers or something like that. And so the controllers were like, we knew this is an ambush and we're going to ambush you back. And then, like, I think, like, a bunch of the kids got taken up in a ship and they thought they were all going to die. And Tobias was a hawk flying around. And yeah, they got taken to the mothership, all of them. Yeah, uh. they all got taken to the mothership. And, to, and they were all like, oh, God, we're going to die here. And then they see a visser because there's, mm-hmm. like, the vissers are, like, the, like commanding people of the like controller army or whatever yeah yeah the top guys yeah mm-hmm. and one of the vissers the controllers is that's a visser is marco's mom ah marco's mom was dead he thought she died mm-hmm. in the ocean and her body was never found i should have started with that but way to bury the lead what man. but anyway the, it's marco's mom and then he like freaks out because he was thinking about quitting the animorphs because he didn't want to leave his dad because his dad was like really fucked up after his mom died and it was a whole thing, and it was, and then his mom was the was the visser, and only one other person knew one of one of the other animorphs knew who it was, and he was like, "Don't tell anyone. This is like real biz. Don't tell anyone." And then they like escape somehow. Oh, they escape because like the visser, the Marco's mom person was like, "Get them out of here," because she wanted to undermine the other visser. It was a whole thing, and so that's how they got away once again. They were within the grasp of the controllers, and then some bullshit the controllers got up to is what got them to escape, which is right. what I've been saying this whole time. Right. That's the only way they escape. There's like a hundred of these books. This is going to happen a hundred times. 
Yeah, no, that like no, no. there's no, no reason no. for the animorphs to escape, and then some bullshit. The the, the controllers do let them escape. <laughs> anyway, um, I nailed it. Right, good. all the details. This podcast should be ten minutes every time. Bam, nailed it. <laughs> That's true. Amber, do you have any questions about that one? I mean, I have endless questions, but I don't. And that's why it's not 10 minutes every time, Jessica. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? Um, but you, is you Marco's really mom... Marco's mom has got to go in Is she a willing person with something in her Controller. head controlling her? Or uh, not? Or do we there's not no that? way of knowing at this point in time. Hmm. But it's important. Mar- Marco's mom is Visser 1. Uh, which is a higher... She's basically Visor 3's boss, or I guess his boss's boss. She's like the highest. Yeah, she's the highest outside of the Council of Thirteen, who sort of like oversee everything. Also, I think last week, I or last episode, I should mm. say, I misspoke and said Visor 3 was the highest, but I was talking about Visor 1. I don't think anyone was confused, but I was listening to it again. <laughs> oh, I was, like, oh, I was very confused. Thank you for clarifying. Right, yeah, thank you, because that's the one part about all of this that I was confused about. Yeah, like, yeah. literally everything so, else makes a lot of sense to right. me, and I feel like I follow along very closely every time, and it's all perfectly reasonable, <laughs> but that was the one thing that I was like, hmm, those are three, I didn't know that was the case. Okay, good. well, I'm glad then that I cleared it up, because I was, I was <laughs> Why am I such an asshole? I really liked these books when I was a kid. What is my <laughs> problem? Can I tell you something? I really like these books as an adult. What is my problem? <laughs> They're, I mean... I haven't been an English major for a while, but, and there are parts of these books that are really cheesy, but I kind of want to say they're very well written. Yeah, you could say that. There's, for, there's nothing wrong with liking books that are for, like, a younger age group than you. Yeah. Okay, well, then they're well written, and I admire K.A. Applegate as a writer. There, there I go. said it. There you go. Uh, at a certain point, I should foreshadow a lot of these books are ghost written, but that's not until we get to, like, the 20s, I think. All right. Well, we got plenty of time with K. Applegate then. Is that? Is it? Do they start to go downhill when the ghostwriter comes in? Is that why you wanted to warn us? No, I just saying like if I stop liking them so much, maybe it's not K. Applegate's fault. I don't remember. I do remember <laughs> there's a there's a trilogy part. I mean, there's a three book arc that starts. I think at book twenty. I think it's at book twenty, and it ends at book twenty two. That I I really. Oh, it gave me chills as a kid. It was very. Uh, I kind of hate that you remember this. Hmm. The David arc. I like. I hate that you remember specifically what books it is, and that it's a specific arc from these fifty books. Right. Like three specific books I, from these fifty books that you read. I mean, over a decade ago, for sure. Like oh, so long uh, ago. Yeah. T- totally. What kind of magical memory powers do you have? I, I definitely didn't reread these books any more recently than a decade ago, for sure. Oh, when did you reread them? I thought you hadn't read them since you were a kid. I actually don't think I have. Maybe, maybe like, middle school, but that was definitely more than a decade ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. These books stuck with me. They, they really did. And rereading them has been a real treat, so I'm really glad that we're doing this podcast. It's just wild to me how much you remember about the Animorphs, because yeah. I remember almost And also how little it. I remember about certain things. <laughs> All right, I've distracted us long enough. Give it give it to me. What's this one? What are we doing? Okay, this one, uh, book six, is called The Capture. That's, that doesn't seem like a good... This is not going to yeah. go well. 
Okay. After last week when Jessica was guessing what the predator was, I kind of want to institute a new new segment where you, you <laughs> two try to guess like what this book might be about. Can you wait? We what animal is on the cover, and who is this book about? Is it Jake? This is Jake, and the cover is Jake turning into a fly. So someone turns into a spider and captures him. <laughs> okay. Good. Yes. I think Excellent. either Jessica, either the kids decide like to like, go hard and they kidnap one of the controllers to try to get some answers. Whoa. Or Axe gets captured. Oh. You know, you're not 100% wrong. Well. Um, you're not 100% right, but you're, you know, not bad. Okay, let's begin. It starts with Jake, as, you know, it does. He's sitting at the breakfast table. His brother Tom, who's a controller is saying, oh, I'm going to a sharing meeting today. If you remember, the sharing is sort of the front organization that you're used to try to recruit willing controllers. Um, and Tom's like, yeah, we're doing this big cleanup in the park, and then we're having a barbecue afterwards. You should, you know, you should come to more sharing meetings. We get to spend more time together. And Jake is like, you're a yerk. I hate you. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but he thinks it real hard. I kind of, I, I, I like that you two don't interrupt me and you just sort of listen and let my voice wash over you. But there are times when I'm like, man, I feel like that should have gotten a reaction of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm just trying to like, take Absorb it all it. in. Take in the Animorphs. Like, yeah, like, that's... Because it's about to go south down. real quick here, I feel. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do appreciate that there's not a lot of overtalk in this show and I feel like it's a good format for a book discussion podcast but at the same time I sometimes expect it and then I feel like a little off balance when I don't get it well Kelly so huh? you don't want the overtalk, but also you need it sometimes what do you want from me yeah I know I'm sorry <laughs> I just want you to know that I appreciate you both and I love you and I love Katie too but you also want us to do better right yeah I mean it's just like how you feel when we record <gasps> bitches and liches okay yeah I get that yeah. Thank you for making that very clear comparison for me. <laughs> I'm with you. I didn't okay, know that so, you felt this disappointed uh, in me. Tom, what? <laughs> Nothing. No overtalk. Or more overtalk. Some overtalk. <laughs> but only when I leave overtalk. pauses for it, so it's not technically overtalk. <laughs> uh, okay, so Tom leaves, and he mentions also, like, the parents are out playing tennis. So Jake has the house to himself. Which is great, because he's about to do the stupid thing that people do. And he actually goes about it, you know, pretty smart. Not baiting. I should make that clear. That's what a normal 12-year-old would probably do. Oh, my God. <laughs> Remember how every book starts with the main character doing something dumb? Yep. This is that. Uh, so first he checks the whole house and makes sure that no one's home. I'm not over that you said Baton. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we should just gloss over that or not. I don't feel ready to move on from that. I don't know what I want to say about it, but I also don't feel ready to move on. I, okay, well, I mean, he's a healthy tween, tween. male. I just hate that you said Baton. Or I just you like, know. why... Why would you say bait? Never mind. It doesn't matter. I'm sorry. Just keep going. But it does. Well, <laughs> if you can think of something else that a regular young male would do. Why couldn't you say masturbating? Why did you have to say baiting? That's because my I'm problem with it. Because I'm trying to save time, Jessica. I don't care We're that you're talking about masturbation. Like three of this book. <laughs> 
Okay, I'll stop with the overtalk. Yeah, stop the overtalk. I've always hated it, and I've never appreciated it or wanted it. <laughs> okay, so he goes, he makes sure that everyone is out of the house. He puts the dog outside. He goes to his room. He opens the drawer, and he pulls out a matchbox. And he opens the matchbox, and inside is a cockroach. Because Gross. he's going to practice a cockroach morph today. No. Now, I made a note at this point, like... Why did he need to save the cockroach? Why didn't he just acquire it when he caught it? I assume he caught it and didn't just, like, buy it. Why does he have an empty matchbook? Uh, and other things. There were a lot of questions I had at this point, but the point is he acquires the cockroach and uh, morphs into it, and it's very disgusting. Like, he can hear his bones dissolve. Oh. Yeah. He stood in front of a mirror when he did it, it and made it clear that that was a bad idea. Uh, anyway, so he morphs into the cockroach, and he's like, okay, this is actually fine, you know? The, the roach's instincts are not overwhelming to me. Uh, it's not really any worse than when I was a flea. It's not as scary as it was when I was an ant. So, cool. So now I've tested this morph out. I can tell the others. And then the light goes on in his bedroom, and the roach brain freaks out. And he runs and runs and runs to the wall, and he runs along the wall and finds a crack in it. And it's not a very big crack. It's only about thick enough to fit a quarter through, but he's able to fit in easily because my animal fact for this one is that an animal, a, a cockroach, can fit through a space that could fit a quarter in it. Really? Right, yeah. Good animal fact. That is a great animal fact. Also gross and terrifying. Yeah. Now I know to look for quarter-sized spaces. Right. Yeah. I very specifically remember that fact from when I was a child. That one stuck with me. Mm. I know I can see that, a lot yeah. of weird things have stuck with me, but like that's definitely a big one. So he gets in the wall and he tries to figure out why someone's in his room, why he didn't lock the door, especially, you know... if Because if, he thinks like, oh, if they had come in like a minute earlier, they would have seen me turning into a cockroach. Kind this of, was a kind of hard to explain. idiotic, huh? That would be kind of hard to explain. It would be so hard to explain. <laughs> and also, why didn't he just lock the door? They would just think he was baiting. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so he's running along behind the baseboards, and he realizes he's near the kitchen, and there's another crack. So he's like, "Oh, I can get out through here, get to the garage, demorph real quick, and then figure out why someone was in my room." So he comes out of the crack in the baseboard in the kitchen, and he's behind the fridge, and he sees what he thinks is an old matchbox and he's like oh weird and he scurries through it and he gets stuck oh it's a, it's a trap. trap it's a roach motel and he is trapped oh, and then wow. the next chapter is him explaining to his friends how he got out of that mess that uh sticky situation if you will <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> i'm gonna edit that so it sounds like you two were cracking up <laughs> i mean you were cracking up, right? Because I didn't edit that, right? And yeah, <laughs> so he was able to like first he he stayed there stuck in the roach motel for a long time, and he realized that he could sort of distinguish the vibrations he was feeling and figure out what people were saying. And it was his parents who had come home because his dad had sprained his ankle while they were playing tennis, and they were looking for the ace bandage that Jake keeps in his room. Don't know why he keeps it in his room. 
probably and that's like the to... one bandage in the entire house right yeah jake keeps an ace bandage in his room at all times i mean he probably yeah, right? keeps it in there as some part of his baiting routine I yeah, knew probably. You were gonna say it as soon as you started talking. I knew it was gonna end with beaten. <laughs> it's a real crusty bandage. Anyway, <laughs> so he can tell that his parents are in their bedroom. So he very slowly starts to demorph and like push the fridge Ooh. as he goes, That's... so that he can like not be crushed to death as he demorphs. Uh, and then, right as he's almost done, his mom walks into the kitchen. And she sees him, but fortunately his head is normal. And she's like, Jake, why are you behind the fridge? And why do you have half of a roach motel stuck to your hair? Ugh. <clears throat> what did he respond? It's lost to history. But the point is, he did not arouse suspicion. Really? Yeah, weird, right? So I guess his mom's not a controller. Probably, but also the contr- like, a big huge point in these books is the controllers don't think that humans can be, like, that there are morph-capable humans. Right. It's completely out of the realm of possibility for them. They they definitely think it's Andalites. So okay. it's not too crazy that even if his mom saw him behind the fridge with a roach motel on his head, her first thought wouldn't be, he was a cockroach and he demorphed. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, that would be my first thought if I saw my young adult son behind the fridge with a roach motel on his head. It would be number one, Animorph, number two, Baton, number three, <laughs> behind question mark, <laughs> behind the fridge with a roach motel on his hair. Um, almost certainly going to have Baton as part of the title of this. Oh my god. Uh, anyway, so Jake explains to the others why he did this. He's, you know, talking to the rest of the Animorphs and he says that he's been sort of spying on Tom lately. He's Tom's been going to a lot more sharing meetings lately. Uh, He's been kind of listening in on his phone calls or maybe just, you know, using his young detective work to do like Star 69 and figure out who he's been calling. (laughs) I guess Star 69 would be the other way. I don't know. I wasn't alive in the 90s. Anyway, he, (laughs) (laughs) he figures out the numbers that Tom has been calling and realizes that they're all doctors at a hospital. It's weird. And... The Animorphs figure out pretty quickly, uh, the Yerks are running a hospital. They've infiltrated this hospital. Classic Yerk move. Right. Yeah. And they can basically use this as a factory for making new controllers. Oh. Yeah. Marco says, like, you go in to have your appendix out and you come out with a Yerk in your head. Sure. Like, classic every doctor visit I have. It right, feels yeah. like they're talking to me about Yerkin. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think they they're mostly planning on making involuntary controllers. Like, I don't think they're like, man, you're gonna you're gonna weigh a few ounces less without this kidney. You know, it weighs a few ounces and could like even you out. <laughs> Brain <laughs> yerk, yerk, yerk Get it yerked. up. Uh, but yeah, so they know that there's a big leadership meeting of the sharing happening in the next few days, and Jake wanted to scope it out, which is why he was trying out the cockroach morph. Uh, and they're like. You're very invested in this. What's going on? He says, I think Tom's been getting, like, his yerk is really important. I think he's just under Chapman as a controller right now. And Chapman is the assistant principal. He's also the highest ranking yerk that they know, aside from Visor 3. He's the one who directly communicates with Visor 3 and, like, runs the sharing in their town and stuff. So that's pretty high up. And Jake is afraid if they, like, that, you know, Tom's yerk has been kind of, like, heading up this hospital plan, and he's worried that if they screw it up, 
Visor 3 is going to get real pissed at Tom's yerk and kill Tom. And the yerk, you know. Uh, so this matter must be handled with some delicacy. Sure. So Marco morphs into a gorilla. No. <laughs> so, Damn it. <laughs> uh, so they, they're they like, well, then we, we won't do anything about it. And they're like, no, we have to do something about it. Not just, you know, I can't be selfish just because my brother might get hurt. It's the entire human race that we're talking about. Mm. But they're like, we can go to this leadership meeting, spy on them, you know, and see what, what they're actually up to. Anyway, they go to this meeting. They morph to roaches in a basement. And they manage to sneak into the into the meeting. Uh, and they're, like, waiting for stuff to happen. They're listening. They all leave. They, they find their way into the room where all the controllers are. And they all scurry out of the crack at once. And Jake is like, no, don't. Uh! And then he's like, oh, right. They're not pretending to be human right now. They don't give a fuck if there's a bunch of roaches. They're not going to notice. Which I don't know if that's true. Like, I think a yerk would still have the human instinct of like, oh my god, a whole bunch of roaches at once. Yeah, like I feel like any creature would be like, oh, suddenly there's a bunch of this other creature in this room. Yeah, just in a pile. Yeah. But anyway. Nami's really concerned about it. I don't know if you heard. (laughs) Nami hates roaches. She hates them so much. Roachamorphs. But they spread out and they start listening and Tobias is like, oh guys, a limo just pulled up and... Uh, a, a guy just got out with a bunch of guards and he walked in. I'm getting like a weird, bad feeling from this guy. And then the guy walks into the meeting and someone says, and now I present to you Visor 3. And everyone's like, <gasps> and then Visor 3 is like, I see that some of you are surprised. Surely you must know that I can morph a human as well as any other body. That's his human voice. That's your, it's, that's your Visor 3 voice. I like it. That's my... Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Trying really hard not to lean into the German that I did last time. <laughs> oh, yum, yum, yum. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, what confused me about this part is, like, it's got to be a new morph or one that he doesn't use very much because he's, you know, stumbles getting out of the car and no one, like, recognizes him. But he also doesn't play with sounds like Axe does, so it makes me wonder if Axe is maybe just, like, very stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's very stupid or really, really young? I don't know. I mean, he's yeah, pretty young. It's, it's not necessarily that, like, like, isn't it possible that Visor 3 has morphed into other things that are, like, more similar to humans? I mean, it's possible. That, like, Later make on you realize... mouth sounds? Mouth yeah. sounds. Later on, you realize that humans are pretty unique in that they're bipedal, but don't have, like, even a tail to help them keep their balance. There's another species that grew up on the, that evolved on the Yurk homeworld called Geds, G-E-D-D, that at first appear to be somewhat humanoid uh, and walk on two legs, but they actually use, like, two legs and one arm and kind of hunch along. Nope. Like, they're running on three legs. Nope. Don't like that. (laughs) Nope. That's not a weird fact. You find that out actually later in this very book. So (laughs) So he's talking about his plans for the hospital. He says he's expecting to make 200 new controllers per month and that they're going to concentrate on police, broadcasters, writers, teachers, people in finance, and people in a position of political power. Mm. And then he mentions that the biggest thing is in a few days, the governor of this state is going to check into that hospital 
to have some minor surgery performed. And they're going to put a yerk in his head while he's in there. And Axe is like, and yeah, everyone is like. <gasps> and, and then Axe says, we need to steal the Declaration of Independence. And then Axe yes. says, we need to steal the Declaration of Independence. And by Declaration no. of Independence, he means kidnap the governor. Yes. No. Axe <laughs> is like, everyone gasps and Axe is like, what's the governor? Is it like a prince? And Jake's like, yeah, I mean, the governor controls the state police and like all this stuff. And then Rachel's like, yeah, but don't you watch the news? The answer is no, Rachel, because mm-hmm. I don't like to be sad all the time. <laughs> because we're 12. You know, yeah, but. that too. But she says, our governor's getting ready to run for president next year, so there could be a controller in the White House. Ooh. Yeah. Obviously, Rachel's 12, and she doesn't know that to get into the White House, you need to just win like a popularity contest and be an asshole. So probably a <laughs> year couldn't pull it off. <laughs> Current events. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry no, that was what, good. Was I, I liked saying? it. This is this is my soapbox. Yeah. And I'm saying I don't want a yerk in the White House. Yeah. But also there are other people that I don't want in a White House. Right. And like, you know. And maybe and a yerk would if, be better than our current option. Yeah. Well, and like, also, if a yerk got into the White House, there's, that doesn't mean that like, they could rule the world. Ha- like, at least half the country would be like, I'm not going to do anything that asshole says. So mm-hmm. he can't be like. He can't be like, everyone go into this building and stick your head in a pool for 10 minutes. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway, someone spots the cockroaches. And then someone's like, oh, no, don't worry. It's only cockroaches. They're everywhere. And then Wizard 3's like, fool, do you think Andalites can't morph creatures so small? Someone kill this fool for me. And then Jake's like, oh, my God, is that Tom? Because he hears gunshots, which it seems like a weird place to bring a regular gun instead of your laser guns that make no sound. Mm. Uh, yeah. I took, oh, I should mention, I took a lot of notes in this because I found out that my new Kindle can just export all the notes to a PDF file that gets emailed to me. That's mm. awesome. And I love it. So Fancy I'm kind of just, yeah, I'm kind of just going through my my uh, PDF instead of like making an outline. So I may have more pertinent details, but also a lot more extraneous details. Everyone runs away. Okay. Most of them Most of them get away. Marco makes it. You know, Cassie, Rachel, and Axe make it into the wall and get, you know, outside. Marco makes it to a bathroom, and he chills there for a second until he can get through a hole around a pipe. Jake hides under a newspaper, and he's like, okay, I just need to wait until they, like, look somewhere else, and then I can run. But turns out they have bug spray, which, I don't know if they bring that to all their meetings, but it's a good idea if you're (laughs) a yerk, like... Because probably that's how I would infiltrate them if I were Animorphs. Mm. It's with bugs. Yeah, something small. Yeah, something small that can be killed with bug spray. See, that's where we differ. Because if I were an Animorph, I would morph into, like, a fucking whale and just smash the entire building where all the controllers were. Just, like, morph into one thing and, like, a fly or something to get to the top of the roof and then morph into a whale and just crush the entire building. Or, like, something really violent, like... Let's morph into a pride of lions and just tear them apart. And let's go I mean, this. A couple of things. One... I know that some of them are innocent. That's... Well, that was going to be my second point. But the first point is, like, you don't know what the sort of structural integrity of the building is. So there's a chance you could morph into a whale at the top of the building. And it wouldn't even... Like, it might crush the top couple of floors, giving them time to get out. And then they'd be like, kill that whale, which is not in the water. And, 
not being supported like it normally is with buoyancy. Are you saying <laughs> that most buildings could support a whale falling on them? Is that I'm what you're suggesting right now? I'm not saying that most buildings could support a whale falling on them. I'm saying do your research before you do this. You're yeah, telling I would us do my to do research. Our if research. it was like a 10-story building and they were on the first floor, I would morph on the second floor. Yeah. So you wouldn't you wouldn't but then you wouldn't be falling, you would just be morphing on the second floor. What if they have security on the second floor and they they're like, "Hey, this I would do my research is what I'm saying. I wouldn't just like morph at random. I would figure it out. What I'm saying is that I would be way better infiltrating than these 12-year-olds. I think the that's the important takeaway here. We would plan ahead. That's a good point. That's a great point. Uh, and the other one is, yeah, innocent people, and one of them is definitely Jake's brother. Yeah, so the good of the many and all that. Who cares? He's kind of an asshole. I don't know that is the truth, but that's what I believe now. So Jake or his brother? <laughs> Tom is an asshole. Okay, got it. So anyway, they spray Jake with bug spray. Oh, no. And he starts to describe how he's you know, twitching and feeling paralyzed and his brain is slowing down and he's trying to get to the outside and they're going to step on him and his roach instincts are not moving him very quickly out of the way of their boots. And then all of a sudden, Tobias swoops down. He just, he you know, he gets just outside. Tobias swoops down and picks him up and takes him to the roof of like a fast food place farther away and Jake manages to demorph in time. Which, you know, if the Yurks didn't know for sure that those bugs were spying on them, I think they'd probably figure it out at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Once they're saved by the hawk that they know for sure is something. Yeah. Yeah. Did, anyway. Did you, reading about how the bug, like, feels the bug spray and all of this, did that make you not want to kill bugs when you saw them when you were a kid? I, well, I don't know about when I was a kid, but when I was rereading it, I was like, oof. You know, like, ugh. But also these books didn't make me into a vegetarian when I was a kid. You'd think maybe the Animorphs would have gone vegetarian, don't you think? Maybe mm. not. Huh. Yeah. Uh, um, Tom, or Tobias has seen that Tom came out with Visor 3 at the end of the meeting, so he didn't die. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't the one who got killed for saying, no, they're just cockroaches. Uh, but Tom thinks like, or Tobias thinks that Tom and Visor 3 are pretty tight. That his yerk is pretty important. He was looking real smug. Uh, and now Jake's doubly scared because if because they have to stop this hospital thing or the governor's going to get yerked and then he might end up in the White House and then he'll be, like, the most powerful man in a... It said the most powerful nation. I'm still going to say, yeah. I don't <laughs> know. The point is, it's, it's a very prestigious position uh, that they need to avoid. And so he's like, well, now if we really fuck this up, then Tom's going to die. That's, I mean, that's just what it is. They find out that the governor's going into the hospital next Tuesday because Marco just called his staff and said he was a reporter and they faxed him a copy of his schedule. <laughs> so, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's how it works, I think. Uh, and he finds that like the governor starting on Tuesday has a five-day vacation and they don't say where he's going. And he's like, he's definitely going into the hospital. He's probably going to get hemorrhoids operated on. That's why I won't tell anyone. <laughs> they figure out that the way that they're going to infiltrate the hospital is not by morphing cockroaches. Thank God. It's by morphing flies. So they morph flies. Oh. And uh, they morph in Cassie's barn and then they hop on board Tobias and Tobias flies them to the hospital. Uh, 
Are you all ready for a second animal fact that I that I highlighted in this one? Yes. Oh, lay it on me. A housefly beats its wings 200 times per second. Per second? Per second. Wow. Yeah. And they, they're all like, this is the best kind of flying. I mean, they're all fun. They've flown many different ways at this point. They've been, you know, birds of prey and seagulls and something else. I don't remember. The point <laughs> is, flies are like a roller coaster every time you take off because you can go in any direction at top fly speed, which feels very fast. I think I think he said it's like four miles per hour, but when you're this big, pretend I'm holding my fingers very close together because you can't see me and this is an audio medium, but <laughs> if you're like this big, that's real fast. Right. So they get to the hospital and they manage to fly in through an open window. They split up. Axe, uh, Jake, and Cassie go in one direction. Marco and Rachel go in the other direction. And since they've been in a yerk pool before, everyone except Axe, they try to kind of remember the smell of it. Because they figure there's got to be a yerk pool on, you know, on campus so that they can infest people. Uh, and because yerks can't survive outside of the pool unless they're in a host and they have to return every three days to absorb Cand- Candrona rays. It's just an, a reasonable assumption. Uh, so they think they smell it. They go into the room. Uh, they check around with their limited fly vision. And then they have Axe demorph first just to make sure if anyone is in the room. An Andalite can, you know, take care of himself. And he does. There's someone who comes into the room and Axe just hits him with his big bladed tail and it goes down. Wow. Is it like a doctor or someone? Someone wearing a doctor's coat. Oh no. So Jake and Cassie demorph and they see this guy on the floor and it's like, oh, you didn't kill him. And he's like, yeah, since your brother's a controller, I figured probably shouldn't kill this guy. And I'm like, I mean, that's a pretty good instinct with everyone. Just try... To not kill the controllers because they're people eh. being controlled by Yerks. Not traditionally a tactic they take when they're fighting other alien species. There's probably a message mm. in that, but I don't yep. know that it's we have time to get into. I don't know that I'm qualified to get into that. We're at 42 minutes already. Jeez. So they find the Yerk pool. It's actually a jacuzzi. Turned off, disconnected, the wires are stripped. And it's like for physical therapy. But they've replaced the inside part of it with yerk, gross yerk goo and yerks. Yeah. And Jake is like, hey, Axe, what would happen? First he's like, can they see us? And he's like, no, in their natural state, they're blind. They're just blind slugs swimming around in a pool, bumping into each other, being all gross. Uh, and he's like, well, what happened? What would happen if the water in the pool suddenly got very hot and very agitated? And Axe is like, well, I think that might kill them. And he he's turned like, into a dragon and breathes fire on it and heats up the water in the jacuzzi. Yes, because he's found the genetics no for the a dragon. Out. Yep. He tries to turn into a dragon, but then he forgets that he can't do that because he never acquired a dragon. Mm, damn yeah. shame. So Jake starts fiddling with the wires. Apparently he's very good at connect. I mean, he finds some tape and he's like red to red, blue to blue, you know. Uh, He also says without the switches, the settings would all automatically be at maximum. I don't know how he knows that. That doesn't feel true. Is that true? It can't be true. That's what he says. Uh, And he thinks, you know, he he has no hesitation about wiping out like a hundred yurks just in one fell swoop. Brutal. Which... 
I kind of feel like even though they're there to enslave them and, you know, all this bad stuff, kind of maybe some slight brief second of like, you know, is this wrong? He doesn't have that. Really? He doesn't feel Oh, that. I'm yeah. on his side. He's he's doing it. He's got it. He's, he's, he's doing, doing it. it right. Uh, Cassie morphs into a wolf and she and Axe guard the door. Some people come in. And they're like, Andalites, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh they, they take him out, uh, and security comes and starts shooting. He hears two... Sh- Jake, Jake is behind, hiding behind the jacuzzi, you know. He's, he's gotten it started, and he's, like, trying to figure out what to morph. And then he hears two gunshots. And later he's told there's a third shot, but he doesn't hear it because a ricochet hits him in the head. Dang. And he falls unconscious into the yerk pool. Oh, shit. And then the next thing he remembers is that Marco, as a gorilla, is, like, carrying him away. They, you know, they, they get him out of that hospital. The Yerks are dead. You know, the Yerks in that pool are dead. And they, he, Cassie morphs into a horse, and he puts her on his back, and she runs into the forest, and they all, you know, get away. Uh, Jake is feeling very weird. Does he have a Yerk in him? He's, like... Someone's Yerking him around? He's kind of like, he can't really move, he can hear everything, but his brain feels so fuzzy, and Cassie's like, his eyes are tracking, but he's not responding to me, and he hears like, and he hears this voice in his head, and it's like, Cassie, a human? Marco, a human? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness! And then he, uh, he, he's a controller. He realizes that he's a controller. Mm -hmm. So... He's been infested by Temrash114 of the Sulpnayar pool. Okay. Y'all write this down every time I talk about it, right? Yep. I barely even listen when you talk about it. Totally. Formerly. (laughs) Detailed notes here. Don't. Formerly Temrash252 of the Sulpnayar pool. When you get promoted as a Yerk, your number just goes down. Uh, And he finds out this was the, the Yerk that was controlling Tom. This is the very, very important yerk that was in Tom's head and was slated to go into the governor's head. Hmm. So Jake has a very brief, stupid moment of uh, hope that Tom is free. And it's like, no, you idiot. There's another yerk in Tom's head. Mm -hmm. I'm just too important to be like a a teenager. So they promoted me to governor. Sure. Teenager, then governor. I feel like that track makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then Jake starts, you know, Cassie's like, we need to get Jake to a doctor. He's not responding. He might have a concussion. And Marco's like, I don't think the Yerks know where we are. Like, they've got, we're in the National Forest at this point. They can't, they don't know what, they don't even know what they're looking for. And then Jake starts talking and he sounds just like himself. And he's like, that was, that was great. We need to make sure that, you know, Rachel and Axe are okay. And, you know, just start doing the regular debrief. And Jake in his head is like, no, they have to know. They have to figure out. They're the people who know me best. But the Yerk is able to act exactly like Jake. And so it seems hopeless. But all of a sudden, Rachel comes up behind him and he turns around and he's like, oh, hey, Rachel. And then he feels a hand on his shoulder and he turns back around and there's Axe. And one thing about Yerks is they really hate Andalites. So for just, and vice versa. So for just a split second, Jake looks absolutely disgusted and revolted. And Axe whips his tail forward and pulls it to Jake's throat and says, Yerk! And then everyone's like, whoa, Axe, what are you doing? And Axe is like, this is a, he's a controller, for sure. I mean, I don't know all human facial expressions, but I know that one. And that's the expression that a Yerk would get if he saw an Andalite. Period. 
And then the others start talking it out, and they're like, well, how would we know if he was a controller? And he's like, I'm not a controller, it's me, Jake. He just and told How him. do they not already have some sort of system in place to make sure that they're not controllers? True. Because any of them could be captured and made into controllers at any time. Right. That's true. However, if any of them was captured and made into controllers and the others didn't know about it, like, that person would just go to the Yerks and be like, hey, here's all the Animorphs and where they all live. Go capture them right now with a billion policemen. Or, you know, just send all the yeah. human controllers here. So this is the first time they've had to deal with someone potentially being yerked in their group. Uh, and they realize there's one way that they can make sure, which is to keep Jake isolated, lock him up somewhere for three days so that the yerk in his head will die of starvation. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, that works. That's how you get it out. Yeah. And Jake's like, that'll never work because... Uh, he's, <laughs> I, I highlighted this. I don't know why this wasn't the thing that made them know for sure that it wasn't Jake, but he says, I mean, no offense, Tobias, but I have an actual family, not some messed up aunts and uncles who didn't want to be taking care of me in the first place. People oh, should shit. notice if I disappear. Oh, yeah. So they're like, Cassie, Cassie thinks of a way that they can keep Jake for three days to, to make sure that he doesn't have a yerk in his head, and also not arouse suspicion. And that's for Axe to morph into Jake. And with constant coaching from Marco and Cassie and Rachel, the three people who know Jake best, to just be Jake in two-hour increments for the next three days. They started out on a Saturday, so there's not a lot of school day that he has to worry about. That's the plan. They couldn't say that there's, like... He's staying at somebody's house, and then there's, like, a school field trip or something. Nope. <sighs> they do the, the axe morphing into Jake thing. So he touches Jake's face and sa- and starts to acquire him, and Jake's like, Get your hand off me, Andalite filth! So clearly he's a yerk. And everyone's like, You're definitely a yerk. Stop playing. And he's like, I'm not a yerk, I'm just real stressed. And they're like, Mm-mm, no, we're not. I mean, I know we're idiots, but we're not idiot idiots. Hasn't Axe already acquired him? Because didn't he acquire all of them to make his human disguise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering about that, too. My only guess is that, like, when he acquired them the first time, he merged all their DNA, and that became, like, one DNA strand in him, and he doesn't have all four of them separate anymore. Sure. Right. I mean, I wondered that when I was a kid, too. I was like, why does he need to acquire Jake to morph him again? Can he just morph him? But that's my best explanation. Uh, Tobias knows a shack in the woods that they can take him that no one really ever goes to because Tobias basically knows all the woods. Um, and Jake is meanwhile still trying to pretend, or Jake, the Yerk is still trying to pretend that he's Jake. And, uh, but in, in his head, the Yerk is like, they're not going to be able to hold me for three days. They're not going to be able to hold me for three hours. It's going to be fine. And Jake is like, I'm not sure what your plan is because my friends are going to tie you up and keep watch on you and there's no way that you're going to escape. So they do that. They tie him up. Uh, Rachel it takes the first shift and the others go back to sort of coach Axe through being Jake. And, and then he morphs into a fly. And then he morphs. Rachel falls asleep. Yep. And the yerk starts <sighs> morphing into a tiger. Mm. Here you go. He's going and with my strategy. What? <laughs> Go with my strategy. Go big. And yeah, go big. Fight go them. big or go home? Go Do uh, a Godzilla big. Yeah. Go big and go home is what his current plan is. Oh, uh, <laughs> so he morphs into a yerk, or he morphs into a tiger. God, I'm having trouble with this. 
he morphs into a tiger and like breaks through the bonds and Jake's like, oh my god, he's gonna kill Rachel. And he's like, I'm not gonna kill her. She can morph. I'm gonna deliver Visor 3, four morph-capable humans and one Andalite scum. It's gonna be great. And he starts going into the woods. Uh, but the tiger doesn't really have a great sense of direction. It doesn't know which way is civilization. And it can smell humans, and it doesn't know what humans are going to be doing out here so late at night. And it's confused, and he tries to run in one direction, but tigers aren't really distance runners. So he uh, stops and demorphs. He's like, that's fine. I'll morph into a falcon. Perfect. So he starts morphing into a falcon, and something hits him real hard. And he looks around, and he doesn't see anything. And he starts. He continues morphing, and something hits him again real hard. And then a third time, and he's, his wings are basically destroyed at this point. And he looks up and he sees the thing that's been hitting him, and it was a great horned owl, which is Cassie, who says, Hey, we knew you were going to try morphing, you idiot. Like, obviously, we, um, we've been following you this whole time. We had to lure you into false sense of security because we knew you were going to try to escape. Jake, don't worry, we got this. You're, you're fine. And so they take him back. to. He, he goes quietly, I think. Oh, no. First he morphs into a wolf. And he runs, he runs out and he's like, oh, the wolf is great because it even knows where civilization is. It knows instinctively sort of which way is towards civilization and which way is into the forest. But he hears howling of other wolves. And Jake realizes, oh, that's Marco and Rachel. Uh, this is another wolf pack's territory. We ran into them last time. And the big alpha male, he hates me. So <laughs> good luck. And they lead them right into the other wolf pack. And he's like, shit. And then Marco comes out in his human morph, and he's like, yeah, I mean, go ahead, try to mess with those wolves, or try to mess with me, and then you get her, and Rachel comes out behind him as an African elephant. So then Jake demorphs and goes quietly. Uh, the next day, or, or <laughs> at one point, uh, the Yurk is like, this planet is too complicated, there's too many species, all, all with these checks and balances, it's, it's crazy. And Jake says, yeah, Earth, it's a tough neighborhood. Or uh, as my <laughs> note said... Damn, Earth go hard. <laughs> yes. Earth go hard. Earth, Earth go, go hard. hard. Uh, so the next day, he tries to morph into an ant. And he gets like three feet before a group of ants from a different colony come and try to tear him apart. And he needs to demorph. And then he tries morphing into a falcon again because it's daytime. But Tobias flies down while he's morphing and puts a claw on his head. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. Try it. I'll kill you. And finally, the Yurk breaks his silence, and, or his, you know, Jake's side. He's like, if you kill me, you'll kill your friend. And he's like, mm, that's true, but Jake would prefer to die than be a controller. We all would. And also, I don't really need to kill you. I can just blind you, uh, and you're not going to fly very far. This is the part where I said it gets pretty animal gruesome for people. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Yurk makes a hint that the Andalites... That the story of the Andalites and the Yurks is a fine story. And when the Andalites came to the Yurk homeworld, some shit went down. Uh, finally, they get to the final hours. The Yurk starts replaying all of his memories, basically, and downloading them to Jake's brain. So now Jake has a part of the Ged that the Yurk first controlled. And the hork that fought the Yurk every day of its life. And then Tom who by the end of his time spent his days wishing he could die and begging that the Yurk not make Jake a controller too and like everything. And he feels Tom's brain in his brain, basically. And it's very horrifying. And he finds out how Tom joined the sharing. Do you all want to know why Tom joined the sharing? Yeah. Yes. 
he liked a pretty girl who was a member of the sharing. Oh, and he wow. wanted to get close to her, so he went to meetings, and he played along, and then there was a secret leadership meeting, and he thought the girl was, like, sneaking off to see another boy, but she was a yerk, and he saw Visor 3 in his Andalite morph, so they took him and yerked him. Hmm. Uh, the last thing that Jake sees before the yerk dies and crawls out of his brain is some sort of weird creature or machine with no arms on a throne that's miles high, and it's just, like, some big red eye of Sauron basically <laughs> looking around and it sees Jake and then it's gone. The Yerk dies. No one suspected Jake. The new hospital closes because the Yerks know that the Animorphs are onto them and the last thing that Jake does is morph partially into a wolf, call Tom from Cassie's barn and with his vocal cords and mouth all like changed from his partial wolf morph he says, I have a message. Don't give up, Tom. Don't ever give up. And then he hangs up because he knows that Tom can hear everything. Um, and that's more. the end. And Tom doesn't try to star 69 it at all. <laughs> the end. He morphed partially into a wolf? Yeah, I mean, it takes some time to morph. I don't know how he managed to control it so it focused mostly on his head. Maybe Cassie gave him some coaching because oh, yeah. she can control her morph pretty best well. Morpher. She is the best morpher. That's her superlative. Uh, but he he morphed until his mouth and vocal cords were all fucked up, so his voice sounded nothing like his voice, Ugh. which is pretty interesting. It's gonna be real hard to run that through an audio filter and figure out what the original voice was. Ugh. What'd you think? I mean, their plans didn't seem as outlandish and terrible in this book as they were in the ones that I've listened to and been a part of before, so that's something. Yeah, I mean, even Jake stupidly morphing into a cockroach by himself yeah, stupidly was... wasn't, like, the the most stupid thing someone's done. Right. Visor 3 didn't have much of an appearance, just that one cameo. Yeah. Uh, Jessica was right that they did capture a controller. I usually am. It was Jake. You didn't expect that it was Jake, but... That's true. True. That's That's what that was. So what, if you have a Gogurt yurt in your head, <laughs> correct? the only way to get it out, if you want to get it out, is for someone to starve it for three days? Yeah, and it's incredibly painful for the yurt and the host. Oh, great. Like, Good. it's a shit show. Good. So you starve it as in the human host is starving and doesn't eat, or? No, no, the human eats. It's, um... The Yurks have to return to the Yurk pool every three days to absorb Candrona rays, which is their food. They absorb other nutrients, but that's why they have to have the Yurk pools and the humans go down there and the Yurk drops out of their head and swims around for a bit and then gets back into their head refreshed. So the human gets to eat, but the Yurk is dying in their brain. Gross. I know, right? They did feed Jake. I didn't highlight that part, but they did. I should clarify. They just didn't feed the yurt. Right, they didn't like be like, oh, here's a little baby Candrona pool for you, yurt. You want to come out? That might be an interesting Nailed tactic. <laughs> yeah, what if they did that and then just captured it and kept it from getting back into his head? I think the yurt would probably realize that the, you know, tiny Chinese food container that they filled with, like, chicken broth wasn't actually a yurt pool. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's what I imagine they would use. That's what I would use if I was trying to trick a yerk into coming out. Yeah, that's what I would use too, 100%. Just put it by the ear like, mm, yeah. Yeah, dinner yeah. time, num 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 num. <laughs> but, no. And then you keep that in the fridge, then someone thinks it's like wonton soup or something. It's just this whole big thing. <laughs> Can a yerk infest you if you eat it? Well, you chew it up. Then no, I think. Not the way I eat wonton soup. (laughs) But then it's not going to your brain, so no. That's true. But it can control your stomach, and it gives you massive indigestion. Ah. I think that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A couple of points I definitely want to hit that that are going to be seen in later episodes. Finding out the story of the Andalites and the Yerks. Uh, That's definitely going to be a big one. That might not even come up until the Andalite Chronicles which will probably be a special episode, and it might be for patrons only. I haven't figured that out yet. But if you want to listen to the special episodes, right now I'm planning on making those patron-only episodes. To the, that's to the listeners, not to you two. You'll probably hear them. <laughs> ah, thank you for that clarification. Well, we are both patrons, so. True. There you go. <laughs> also very true. <laughs> uh, the other one is that thing on the... Uh, thrown miles high with the eye that looks around. It has a name, and the name is Cryak. We didn't learn that. <laughs> what? What are we talking about right I'm now? sorry. <laughs> Did you say its name was a Cryak? Cryak. C-R-A-Y. Like, yeah, like a Cryak that's crying? Me too, buddy. Me too. <laughs> yeah, if you, replace, Cryak. <laughs> if you replace the K in, in Kayak with a C-R, that's what it is. Cryak. It's a crying kayak. Yeah. Why is the kayak sad? I'll never not be able to think about that now. Thanks a lot, Jessica. It was literally as soon as you said kayak, there's an image in my head of a kayak that had a little cartoon face on it that was just bawling. A little, no, just mine like was crying. like gently kayak weeping. Out. Mine was no. gently weeping. It was like, oh. Mine was like cartoon, like streams of tears cascading down its little cute kayak face. If anyone's listening and wants to draw that for us... <laughs> Please do. Send that on to tweet it at us, uh, at BTA Podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, post it on our Facebook or send it to us on Facebook at BTA Podcasts. I know, this, so far this entire episode was summary of the book and no real discussion. We yeah. need more discussion. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, the whole structure of the show is kind of amorphous, so sometimes we ah. talk more about the book and sometimes we talk more about Cryak, the crying kayak. <laughs> But that was the thing that Jake saw last as the Yerk was dying, was a big, big throne miles high with this sort of weird machine monster with a big eye on top of it with no arms that was looking all around and then it looked straight at Jake. And later we'll find out that thing is called Cryak. <laughs> and Cryak gets up to some shit. I'm just letting you know right now. Yeah, he does. Cryak is a fun, fun thing. I'm also really excited for the next book, which is where we first meet the Elemist. I don't want to give too much away about that, but I like the Elemist a lot because, goddamn. Okay. What my my question about this book, and I guess probably the last one too, then, is why is uh, what's his bucket's go to a gorilla? Why is that like? That's what I'm gonna use now is a gorilla. Why? I'll, they I'll all got us to some weird shit because didn't Cassie turn into an elephant for no reason yeah. a couple of books ago? That was Rachel, but uh, yes, someone. 
They all have their sort of go-to battle morphs. So Jake's is tiger, Marco is gorilla, uh, Rachel is elephant, Cassie is wolf. Go, go, battle morphers. Nailed it. And they they pretty much stick to those. Um, Later on, Rachel acquires a grizzly bear, and that becomes her go-to battle morph. Probably because elephants can't fit as many places as a grizzly bear can. I think. Probably. Checks out. Yeah. Right. But that's that's why that's more that's Marco's battle morph. He doesn't actually have a whole lot of morphs at this early stage in the books. I keep forgetting like they don't have very much. That's... I thought they had a ton because of all the animals at Cassie's yeah. place. I mean, they have access to them, but they don't. For some reason, they don't just go acquiring every animal they can find so that I they have they it. Specifically, did that in like in the first book or in the second book or something. I don't get that either because that's all I would do. Same. They went to the gardens, which is the sort of combination Sea World slash zoo that uh, that Cassie's mom is a is the head veterinarian at, and that's where they acquired their original battle morphs: the elephant, the tiger, and the gorilla. But they didn't acquire like all of the animals. They got chased by guards, and a bunch of stuff happened, so they didn't really have a lot of time to just sort of explore the animal areas. They weren't supposed to be backstage. So does anyone care yet that the one no. kid is still a hot? Nope. <laughs> I th- we might we might find out before his next book, but we'll definitely find out by his next book that like what happened. What happened that makes like no one care? Yeah, sort of like what the aftermath of him disappearing was. Okay, gotcha. But, I mean, we did sort of find out in his last book that basically they they lied and said he went back to his aunt and his aunt still thinks he's with his uncle and neither of them cares very much about him. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm pretty sure there's more aftermath that we're going to be privy to. Maybe not, though. I don't actually, in my massive memory banks regarding this series, I don't remember... I remember a lot about Tobias's family, but I don't remember specifically any huge aftermath from this particular set of events. Hmm. Hmm. Foreshadowing! (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you would do that. (laughs) Alright, what else you got? Hit me. I'm so ready for this. So... This is gonna sound wild. I'm so excited. I've already what? forgotten what the like whole goal of this book was. The series. What though. was what was their thing? They needed to foil this hospital plan without getting Tom murdered. That's right. Okay. Oh. I'm back with you. Yeah. And luckily, I mean actually I remember specifically when I was a kid, this book confused the hell out of me. Cause first of all, Tom always calls Jake uh midget. Because he's shorter than him. And so the Yerk, when he's in Jake's head, he's like, all this time it's been humans led by Jake, the midget. And Jake's like, how did you know? And the Yerk's like, how do I know what Tom calls you? Oh, isn't it obvious? And Kid Me was like, yeah, it's obvious. He's in your brain. He knows everything about you. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then later Tom, the Yerk's like, I was Tom's Yerk. And I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense either because Tom still has a Yerk. And I didn't, like, understand the intricate, like, Tom's Yerk got promoted, even though he said it. it, it 12-year-old me got confused about that part of the book. Uh, 
But fortunately, Tom didn't get killed for the botched hospital thing because they all thought that Yerk had been killed already when they jacuzzied all the Yerks in the pool. Jacuzzied. When they jacuzzied. Okay, so they thought... Wait. (laughs) So, the Yerk that was in Tom's head... Yep. Temrash 114, the Sulpnayar pool. You're right. Okay. So the yerk that was in Tom's head... Correct. ...messed something up, and so Visser 3 wanted to kill it. Not exactly. Wait, the... so let me get to the end of Go for what it. I'm confused about. Uh-huh. So there was a risk of him getting killed when something got messed up at the hospital. Yes. And when something got messed up, then they wanted to kill that yerk? Probably. I mean, they probably would have. So... The... Why did he get a promotion to governor? I, you know, I don't even know exactly what my question is at this point. Like, so, it seems like this this particular Yerk's position was so precarious. That was much more alliteration than I intended. I love it. That I don't understand why they would make it a governor when Visor 3 was like, if you mess this up, I'm going to kill you, but also here's all this more responsibility, like potentially being the president. Is that not how so, your job works? okay so tom's yerk temrash 114 i'm gonna call it rashy sure tom's yerk is named rashy so from the point of view of the yerks the hospital plan done got fucked up while rashy was in that yerk pool so rashy is dead so the person that they would kill for their incompetence in messing up the hospital plan is Rashi, and Rashi is dead. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. There's no point That's in killing it. Tom because Tom is no longer Rashi. Yeah, but Rashi was just in the pool. Right, but Rashi was originally in Tom, and then Rashi got out of Tom in prep because he's because the governor was coming, and Rashi was going to go into the governor. So they put their they were like Rashi, you know what you you. Take a break for a few days. You get lots of Candorona rays, get nice and big and strong for on for Tuesday, which is three days from now, when we shove the governor's head in here and you get a nice Okay, big... I already want you to stop talking about this because everything about it is disgusting. <laughs> so can you tell me why at the beginning they were scared of Tom being murdered? Because at that point, Tom was controlled by Rashi. Right. So then why did they want to murder Rashi at the beginning? Be- well, they didn't want to murder Rashi. They just wanted to fuck up the hospital plan no no but no why afraid- did the, why were why were they afraid that rashi would get killed like why did the animorphs think that the other yurks wanted to murder rashi is what i'm asking okay so the animorphs knew that if something went wrong with the hospital plan visor three would be like rashi has failed me bring him so i can kill him okay so like the hospital plan was like rashi's whole rashi's big thing break. okay okay i'm back with you i think the problem was that I did that thing I sometimes do. Where I talk and you don't listen? I wouldn't call it that, exactly. Do you know what I just said? (laughs) What? (laughs) I know what you said, but I don't want to repeat it back to you, because I feel like you'll use it as a soundbite, as like a confession. (laughs) What? What have I ever done that? (laughs) But anyway, okay, I'm with you. I'm on the same page, I guess. I guess. Yeah, the takeaways are Rashi was in charge of the hospital plan. The hospital plan got fucked up. If Rashi was still in Tom, Tom would probably be dead. But since Rashi was no longer in Tom, Tom's fine. Okay. Okay. 
I gotcha. So it wasn't necessarily that the Yerks wanted to kill Rashi or that he was, like, on the nice. It was just that, like, right. if the hospital, if anything happened to the hospital plan, Visor 3 would blame Rashi. Exactly. And the way yeah. that Visor 3 places blame on Yerks is to murder them in their host. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Okay. You got it. I'm with you. Yeah. It definitely wasn't that Rashi was on thin ice. It's that being promoted in Yerk society is both a blessing and a curse because you're closer to people who, if you fail them, they will kill you. Mm. It's just like being promoted in real life. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Same. That's why I, <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna make a joke about like that's why I always carry a bowie knife on my belt, but I'm afraid that might get me in like real trouble. Don't <laughs> carry that or do that. <laughs> I have other secret methods to avoid getting murdered. Oh. <laughs> Is one of them that you would just morph into a fly and fly away? I would just morph into a fly and fly away. I don't know why more Yorks don't do that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, Amber, you got anything else that I didn't explain well enough, despite over-explaining the most minor of things in this episode? (laughs) I don't think so. I think I've gotten all my gripes and questions about this book and the whole series out. Did you say that you got grapes for this? Yeah, tons of grapes. No, gripes. Oh, gripes. Got it. Hey, um, speaking of grapes, actually, I wanted to talk to you two about something. (laughs) Yeah? So... You both know that I love to snack, right? Like, love, oh yeah, sure, yeah. And love snacks, and Who I don't usually. Snacking? I don't usually reach for healthy snacks like grapes. I usually go for like candy bars or, you know, things things of that nature. And i i found it I found something that has helped me to snack healthier and just be better overall as a person. And it's the sharing. Mm. Every, at every meeting, they have, like, healthy, delicious snacks that I don't feel bad for eating because there's so much of them and they're so good for me. And we do a lot of good community stuff, like cleaning up the park and infesting governors. I mean, cleaning up the park some more, <laughs> eating barbecue. The sharing is great. Have you two heard about the sharing? You know, I think I have heard of it. It sounds familiar. Amber? Yeah. Anything? Yeah, I uh, I looked into their website after you guys... Uh... Talked about it, and I went to a meeting, and yeah. you know what? That's a great group of uh, individuals, uh-huh. and yeah, there's just a ton of different interests there, and you can get into anything that you want to learn more about. They're very welcoming, and yeah. they want you to be a part of their community. Yeah. I don't know about you two, but since I joined the sharing, I just feel better overall like better as a person better as a member of this community and just like better than most people yeah oh yeah yeah i do feel it sounds like it's just a really like wholesome life experience for for all humans yeah Yeah, humans humans like like us us. humans like us humans humans like like us. us uh if you would like to look into joining the sharing uh, or supporting them in any way, check out jointhesharing.org. It's and if a- you want to share your sharing story, oh, uh, yeah. go ahead and tweet it out and hashtag for humans like us. Yes, please do that. For humans like us. I would love to share some sharing stories from uh, listeners on this podcast. That would be my favorite. Yeah, so make sure you uh, tag us in it and hashtag for humans like us. Yeah. Because uh, we want to share stories from humans like us. Right. About the sharing. Yeah. That is for sharing humans like us. Sharing is about sharing. Yeah. To other like, humans like us. To oh. other humans like us. And other prepositions. 
if you like this episode, uh, tell your friends. Have some people listen to it and be like, don't worry, it's usually good. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And if, if you like this show, give it a rating in iTunes, because that really helps us, up, helps us out and helps get a, a visibility. Make sure if you'd like to follow us on Twitter at BTA Podcasts or on Facebook, same thing, BTA Podcasts. We have a lot of podcasts. Uh, Jessica is the DM in a Blue Rose actual play podcast we play called Bitches and Liches. And Amber and I both play characters in that. It's a lot of fun. Yes. New episode recently came out with some special guests from Experience Points, another podcast. So if you like us, you should check them out as well. Uh, and we do a bi-weekly, bi-weekly, semi-weekly, twice-weekly Twitch stream mm-hmm. called Robin Gets Bossed, where Jessica or Katie or sometimes special guests will try to tell me how to play a video game that I am not good at and never will be no matter how much coaching I get. <laughs> And it's a lot of fun. Not with that attitude. Not Not with with any any attitude. attitude. (laughs) Uh, Amber and Jessica, thank you for joining me on this episode. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being there. (laughs) Thank you for sharing this experience with me. Bitch team out. Bitch team out. Yeah.